guys, welcome back to Speak for Anarchy. Um, I am really excited about this episode because it's a first time look into this area of, you know, the beauty industry. And, uh, you know, this is really for a lot of you entrepreneurs out there because I know there's a, a quite a bit of you that are in our listenership and um, I think you'll really love this episode. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to my guest of honor. Um, she's truly, you know, an expert in this field and I'm so delighted to be hosting her. Uh, Nancy Poehler, who is actually, um, you know, Nancy, you're a a creative uh, director and brand designer for Align Design and also just an expert for packaging, right? So uh, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, It's such an honor to host you and I'm so excited to learn from you. I've been really looking forward to this. For everyone uh, listening, Nancy and I just connected, you know, and I was immediately like, we have to get this recorded. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm really excited we're doing this, and I and I want to start us off, Nancy, and talk about really how you got into this area because it's such a unique category. I feel like when it comes to beauty brands and and just entrepreneurship, and you know, uh, especially like brand development. So if you could walk us down memory lane, maybe about you know your career and how everything got started, that'd be great. Sure. Yes. So I set up. Um, I was designing and working marketing in the sort of early parts of my career. And then I decided to go freelance, um, I guess about seven years ago now. And um, I think when I started out, you know, I was just sort of exploring what areas of design were interesting to me and what industries. And it soon became apparent to me that my kind of obsession with beauty was a really good crossover with design. Um, I remember my first ever beauty brand that I worked with, which was called Luscious Skincare. I think they're still on Amazon, actually. It's a really tiny little brand. Um, And I worked on on their packaging and branding. And I just fell in love with it. It seemed to flow really easily with the client and me. Um, I love being able to kind of create packaging mock-ups digitally. So, you know, quite compared to the oldest, I guess, really quite easy to see how a pack piece of packaging could look by rendering it on a 3D um, image on the screen. And, and it just really sparked something in me. Um, and I guess from there, you know, from being able to show some beauty projects on our portfolio, I was able to take on more, um, more clients in that area and really explore my my personal love of beauty through my design work, which is the dream really. Yeah, no, yeah. And I feel like that's, I love that. You know, I love that you said that because I think that design is such an integral part of how we consume beauty products. Mm. I mean, I don't remember the last time I bought something that wasn't aesthetically pleasing to me. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, like how many How many of you out there, a white tube a product no <laughs> you know yeah, it's, exactly. it's so central so that's really interesting to me um you know that you brought that up and I actually want to learn more about the design component so what did you have like formal training in design um before you started or was it just something that came to you or you know how how was that transition into this field yeah it's quite interesting really because I don't I don't have a traditional um kind of background in design so I I'm largely self-taught I I kind of learned on the job and through um training courses that I did myself and 
I think I, I realised quite early on when I was doing marketing and events that I had this inkling that I wanted to do design. So I took courses outside of, um, you know, work and started doing passion projects and designing all sorts of things like stationery and things um, to learn to learn the principles, you know, lots of reading and um, following inspirational people. So, yeah, largely I've kind of learned it that way rather than through the traditional route. Well, I feel like that's honestly, like, I feel like there's a lot of benefit to that route. I'm a huge, mm. like, firm believer in experience is truly queen. And yeah. I feel you know, the what you can learn through trial and error is, like, I think the most, the closest you can get to, like, the scientific method or the, you know, just an approach that's very, very, you know, involved, right? So, like, what yeah. it, it, I like that actually I'm, I'm glad that you you have actually you know shared that because for all of you listening out there you know you don't have to think that you have to go to school for the exact subject that you want to end up in you know what I mean there's so many like young professionals nowadays Nancy I feel like they just try so hard to find that perfect major or that perfect you know and it's just like right. you really need that you know no exactly and I almost yeah I agree with you that there's sort of something quite freeing about learning something for yourself because then you're not hindered by how you're supposed to do things obviously you need to know the rules in order to be able to break them but I think yeah it's it's interesting to be able to explore design almost with a clean slate rather than thinking oh I have to put my margins at this place or I have to do this I have to have this structure and almost kind of be more instinctively led right Right. No, absolutely. Now, you know, I want to ask you because I'm a huge, like, I mean, I guess you could say just, I love art, you know, I've always loved art. And I think um, that really kind of plays into my consumer habits when it comes to beauty products and especially skincare products, you know, and I look for like packaging, like when we're talking about packaging, right, we have so many like personal preferences in terms of color, in terms of you know, the material that it's coming in. And now with the whole sustainability movement, there are so many like checkboxes, I feel like for consumers. And Mm. so I really want to get like your like kind of, I guess if you could give us like a 101, you know, like a walkthrough of what your strategy or approach is when a brand comes to you and says, I want something that's going to really hook my consumers you know and so what do you what's your process like what do you go through to really kind of deliver that or to understand what they're talking about and what are the design um you know I guess inspirations that you really tap into when you're working sure yeah so I always say that you kind of have to start with the brand foundations so even though you know you want to get to that point where you've got this beautiful piece of packaging in your hands you have to go back and take a step back and look at your brand almost from a strategic point of view and from a point of view of what do we want to communicate with this piece of packaging with this piece of design so how do we want customers to feel when they pick it up when they see it on the screen um you know who is it that we're trying to attract what what would you know a lot of the questions that we ask during the discovery process with the new client is things like what your ambitions are for the brand and in your dream kind of scenario, what retailers would stock your products um, and very much about the story as well and, and 
where that brand is coming from in terms of the founder's own passions. Um, that all informs kind of how it needs to look and feel. And then it's from that point that we start thinking about colour and materials and kind of start mood boarding around. Yeah. How we can then start yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, it's it's tempting to sort of go on Pinterest or whatever and start, you know, kind of magpieing all the beautiful ideas, which is great, but but it's much easier and more defined if you can start from that kind of more informed point point of view. Absolutely. Um, no, I think you know that's a really interesting point because I won't lie, you know, I think um consumers and I've actually tried to this is like more uh clarifying for me because I've tried to make this point and I haven't really been able to articulate what I mean but I feel like when we are buying things right as consumers we are like this subconscious process is going on where we're almost like connecting with the personal style of the founder and the entrepreneur who made the product because you're you're right you know the packaging is always reflective in so many ways of the person behind the brand and that's such a important I think concept for consumers to understand because this is where I think it gets really really interesting in terms of marketing in terms of you know what really drives us to buy things what you know all of these different areas right that we we study and we have analytics about um and I and I you know want to give you an example like I remember I don't know if you've seen the brand but it was um Noble Panacea the skincare brand and I remember like for me like I'm a science geek so when I saw that brand it was very ge- geometrical like the packaging it was very like just oh my gosh I, I just fell in love with it you know it just reminded yeah. me it brought me back to a place of when I was first training you know what I mean in science as, as a scientist and it was like these kind of things that really interest me about packaging you know and so I want to ask you like you know when it comes to putting that personal touch in and personalizing something that's so complicated, right? How do you really like, what are the starting points for that? I mean, that must be a really hard task to like have a starting point. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's something that comes up on up almost every time. And there's the question of how much of you as a founder needs to go into the branding. <clears throat> and um, I think it's a, it's a balance act really because we do want we do want that ingredient in there but equally we don't want the entire brand to be based around kind of you know what is the founder's favorite color or you know how it's a bit like you might paint your kitchen yellow but yellow might not be the right color for your packaging so we've got to we've got to think about the whole picture and um not just what personal tastes are but what's right strategically what's what feels right what's gonna you know match the price point the products and make it feel if it's a high-end product it needs to feel high-end if it's more kind of approachable and accessible price-wise then you know you can think in different ways about how you package it so um yeah there are a lot of different factors that go into that um phase and then we kind of Kind of condense it down into the vision for the brand and how we see that looking and feeling and a little bit around um the words and how it's you know what the voice should sound like and uh, and things like that that's really interesting and i and i'm actually curious like how does it work when you finally like you design something right and then you know you have to actually bring that to life so 
how does that work when you're like sourcing the, you know, the materials that you're, you're going to need or, you know, finding somebody who can really actually manufacture the packaging? I mean, how, what is that process like and what really goes on behind the scenes there? Yeah, so typically um, we don't actually get involved in sourcing the containers and materials because that's kind of a whole other area that that um, brands have to navigate. But we what we do is kind of advise in terms of from the options that are available, what fits the brand best, you know, what do we envisage? We're working with the brand at the moment. Um, and all their products are in these lovely white sugarcane bottles. Um, so they're very sustainable. And so we know we're working with those. They've already got those in their line. So we're kind of then designing around that container. Whereas with a new brand, we might have a lot more um, scope for choosing a new kind of um, container or bottle or jar and what that's made of and what color it is and what kind of weight it has. So we're very much sort of advising, um, you know, on what would fit best. And obviously the founders often have their own um, ideas and what they might be able to source. Because obviously if you're a small brand starting up, you know, you've got to think about the the MOQs and, um, you know, what you can source to launch your products if you're not launching with hundreds of thousands to begin with. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's interesting to me, because I'm just wondering, like, how that works for a founder, because it's like, you know, what if they come up, what if you guys create this amazing design for them, and then it's like, crap, like, where am I going to get this manufactured, (laughs) you know what I mean, like, how am I going to, yeah, like, have you ever had those situations, or like, how's, how's that? So, what we do is we, that's one of the questions that we ask, right? at the beginning because we've got to know what our kind of limitations are that we've got to work within um I can think of this particular brand that we worked with where we had a vision for beautiful kind of um glass bottles with a gradient color where it sort of started with a beautiful kind of pastel gradient um and then as you went down the bottle it sort of faded out um Mm. and we at the time I think the founder of was under the impression that she could get you know that anything we wanted to design we could they would be able to manufacture with their partners and it was all great and then it turned out that she had more restrictions more limitations on that than than we thought so then we had to kind of think around it okay how are we going to make this happen and, and we still managed to create that using um labeling and printing the gradient onto a transparent label and then the transparent label would sit on the glass and it looked amazing it looked really great so sometimes there is a bit of experimentation around um you know how we achieve what we want to achieve but generally speaking like you say it makes more sense to start with what our options are like you say rather than create something amazing and then they need to go and get a mold done or something that's going to make it um you know out, out of scope yeah yeah, no, I mean, it, it, that makes sense. And it, I, I was just thinking that I was like, gosh, like, imagine creating the most gorgeous packaging. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> that and would be like, heartbreaking. Uh, like, you just absolutely, I actually, this makes me think of uh, Joyce Spinelli. I recently interviewed her. She's so phenomenal. Um, And her new line, I just <sighs> came up like basically skincare for uh, like people who love makeup. You know what I mean? And so yeah. one of her products is an actual like it looks like a, an injection, like a, a shot, 
you know, oh, like, cool. and, and so um, I was just so enamored by like the design aspect of that. You know what I mean? Cause I was like, oh, this is very cool. And then I was like, how the heck do you get people to make this, you know, like manufacture yeah. It's such a cool design. And, and, you know, this really actually leads me into asking you, and I don't know if um, you guys deal with this or not, but I know with skincare brands, it's a huge conversation around packaging makes a big difference. Like in terms of, is it airtight? Is it, you know, sealed off? Mm-hmm. Is it exposed to too much light? Are there filters in the, you know, in the materials? So does that come in for you mm-hmm. at, on the design end when you're like, you know, analyzing the stuff? Yeah, so I mean, on this, in terms of kind of the protective qualities and the ceiling and all of that sort of thing, that is again, we're we're looking at it from a design point of view. So we're very much led by the founder themselves um, in terms of making sure it works in a practical sense. Um, but obviously, we need to be aware of things like, for example, we've been working with an aromatherapy company called clarity blend and they have um their products are in these beautiful glass sort of apothecary style bottles um and they need to be dark to protect those because the oils are very pure and very fresh so they need to be this sort of brown dark color in order to protect it um so we know that with that brand that we're working with that style of um container and that's really informed the design throughout working with them because um obviously certain styles that we come up with might not necessarily work on a brown glass bottle so we've we've designed a really colorful brand for them loads of beautiful rainbow colors so that they stand out against that dark glass um so yeah it definitely is a partnership in that way and we're working with them to kind of come to the right um result that takes into account all those practical considerations as well as you know what's going to look the most beautiful and the most eye-catching that's very interesting because i speaking of eye-catching i want to actually ask you because i've always been curious like you know there's the there are so many like giant retailers right for beauty products and like skincare products and whatever you know in this realm whatever's in this realm and I always wonder like do retailers have like guidelines for like what your packaging can look like or is that not really an issue because I I feel like when I go into like a Sephora or like um you know like a Target like there are some underlying like um I guess commonalities in a lot of the packaging designs you know what I mean it's like either like the shaping or the way that they're just I don't know I mean is there or am I just like imagining it (laughs) no I don't think you're imagining it yeah there's a store over here um in the UK called Superdrug um I guess it's probably like the equivalent of of Ulta that you have that's kind of like a a drugstore and you definitely get, get a sense with each shelving area that there's a theme design wise and it's quite interesting to look at for example I was looking at their afro hair and beauty section because we have a couple of clients that have products in there and I was looking at how it all sat together and there is like it tends to be quite vibrant and it tends they tend to be quite similar bottle shapes and styles somehow but I wonder whether that's almost something that's developed organically over time because brands see each other don't they and kind of get influenced by other designs in the market um 
has that developed organically or has the store kind of deliberately grouped them together it's interesting to think about it that way yeah yeah because like I think of like stocking and stuff like you know what I mean like the 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 things they have to stock the, the the products, you know, is there a certain shape that fits in or, you know, do you, do you have to stick to certain parameters? I mean, it's just an interesting area because I, you know, I think that it's definitely something that, you know, I, if I were to start a brand, I think that would definitely like deter me away from being in a retailer. Like, I feel like it would be like almost like hindering, you know, to the creative capacity of my design or the packaging. And I feel like, you know, when I look at brands, I'm not gonna lie, as a consumer, it's like, oh, great, you know, another clear bottle, <laughs> you know, yeah. another, another, like, you know, dropper, or like, and it's just like, there's a certain, like, level of enthusiasm that comes with, like, you know, um, opening a really cool packaging, you know, and just, oh, like, yeah. experiencing that, so it's like, you know, I want to get your opinion on that, like, really, like, you know, um, has there have there been any like cases where you've been working with a client and you're really trying to push that envelope and you're like you know what you really gotta you gotta go and just take the leap and they're like oh I don't know or you know anything like that has that ever come across your desk or um Um, well there's a couple of things that spring to mind one one is when we were working with a brand in the early days um there was the reason they approached us actually was because the feedback they were getting from the retailers was that the branding needed to be better and the packaging needed to be more um, refined. And even though at the time it was quite a simple design, they had a white bottle with quite a simple kind of um, text on there. The retailer feedback was that it needed to be more vibrant. It needed to have more personality and look, um, look more, more thought through um so that to me you know it was interesting to hear that it, they weren't necessarily going for that really plain look in that in that case um and yeah from the point of view of kind of the shelf appeal of packaging as well I mean I do think it's it's quite easy to sell the benefits to the client of what the packaging needs to look and feel like because once you've actually designed something and shown it to them you know they they then start to see the possibilities and it's quite an exciting step for them to actually see you know something that we've been developing with them um come to life in a mock-up and they can look at it and go yeah that's my brand that's how it's going to look this is how you know five of our key products are going to look together on the shelf and it it almost is that little bit of alchemy of bringing it to life um that helps them see where it could go so I don't haven't really had much of a challenge I guess because probably because you know we've got that that step in the process where you can see where it's going um and obviously you know at that point where we've started to mock up the packaging, the client and can then come back and say, okay, can we tweak this element? Or, you know, I don't think the logo is quite visible enough or, you know, this color doesn't feel quite right. So just refining and tweaking to make sure everything, you know, is quite, is perfect before it actually starts going to print. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I guess we've been lucky that, that the clients that we work with often, are really involved in the creative process and really love 
that part of it. They often say it's you know the most exciting, one of the most exciting bits because they get to be creative and kind of really get involved and get stuck in. Right, right. No, it makes sense. I mean, I I just I just find that to be like I feel like packaging is such a like it's just like this like great area you know what I mean for me because I'm like yeah the design is there but then the the logistics of the design and there are just so many questions that like come to yeah. mind immediately with packaging and I just I just find it to be so intriguing you know in terms of yeah. like how it's evolving how it's changing I mean nowadays like you see almost every type of I feel like design like I especially like when you think about like for example I don't know if you're a big um architecture you know enthusiast or not but I've always really loved like architectural digest and like just really yeah. just you know even just through travels you know just like really mm-hmm. look um shapes and angles and stuff and I feel like especially with beauty brands it's so cool to see that aspect almost like kind of overlap because I, I swear some of these people are like architects like yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean they have like oh, arch- yeah yeah Absolutely. I, I agree with you there. I think I'm definitely someone who's inspired by what's around me. And, and often kind of in London, we're lucky we've got lots of beautiful buildings we can go inside and look at and kind of workspaces that feel really elevated and you can draw a lot of inspiration from those things. Like there's a place I go and work sometimes called Homegrown and it's really opulent inside and you've got kind of bright yellow walls and the staircase is all kind of carpeted in black and white and you can just sort of get so much from being in those surroundings and we're probably without even realizing it being inspired and kind of just squirreling away little ideas that probably come up again in the creative process somewhere else yeah yeah no I mean like I it's definitely interesting and I think that you know like I, I just design for me is such a it's a it's a beautiful beautiful um field because it's you know just there's endless possibilities and there's endless sources of inspiration mm-hmm. and I like that leads me to wanting to understand it a little bit more because you have to I mean you know for me I come from a scientific background so we mm-hmm. have to cite everything we have to reference everything we have to like my yeah. freaking have bibliographies that are like eight you know what I mean like longer than the actual um so I'm actually curious from your perspective as a design um professional where um if you do get inspiration from something right and say it's something that's already out in the market it's another product maybe in another industry do you have to in any way like contact that that like source whether it's a brand or whether it's like I mean whatever it is or and like you know kind of give them credit or does that not really apply I don't know if there's any rules or regulations about this stuff that's why I'm asking like mm, yeah I think um so the way that I work is I am often inspired by it could be you know a piece of packaging from a food product it could be I'm often noticing like craft beer labels, they're amazing and things like that. Um, but I don't think you would necessarily need to sort of contact a brand unless you wanted to directly use an element or kind of, yeah, I, which I don't think you would necessarily want to do I think the inspiration process for me is more much more loose than that and I'm kind of pulling together loads of different sources and 
and it might just be oh I love the color of that let's see if we can work with you know one little color from one piece of packaging and then I might be looking at five different typography styles from somewhere else and a shape from over here and a pattern from over here and just almost then you will then you're creating something new that mm. takes inspiration from all over but it's definitely a new thing it's um does that make sense yeah, no, it definitely does. It definitely does. I think that it's it's just so interesting because like, you know, and the, and really the, the reason I asked you is because, um, for example, there was this, I swear, there was like three months where every skincare brand, I kid you not, was coming out with those like cool little globe things, like oh, the yeah. little handle. And I was like, wait a minute. And I remember like freaking out because <laughs> what when founders I'd interviewed, like they were very, very cool. And, you know, just, I loved that. I, I, it's the first time I'd seen it, you know what I mean? Their brand. And I was just so excited about it. And I remember recording the podcast and like just raving about that little globe, you know, and how I can, I can put it in the fridge and it works great for me. But then like, you know, two weeks later, I interviewed another brand and they had the exact same thing. It was just yeah. more, you know what I mean? And it was like, it, it like, really kind of worried me I was like did she just, did they get their idea stolen like what happened here you know and so like I get really really confused there because it's like there are redundancies you know what I mean there are so many redundancies and not just the packaging itself but also the the utilization right because a lot of the a lot of the things are tools like in skincare like skincare tools yeah. you know what I mean? so like you know how how do we like really work with that I mean I don't know I I really don't even know like how to pose this question to you because it's it's so I feel like when I see that like when I see two products that look almost exactly the same I'm like why has this been made you know mm. what I mean like I feel like there should be some sort of like a not a patent but some sort of license like for whoever comes out with it first like you get royalties yeah. on it you know <laughs> yeah 100% I agree with you on that it's it's interesting and with like the dupes market, you know, there, there are obviously companies that are making dupes. There's one over here that makes kind of very similar products to Joe Malone, um, Drunk Elephant. And the packaging isn't the same, but it's obviously supposed to look and remind you of it. And I think that's crazy that you can do that. Yeah. that there's no regulation to stop that happening. Um, that's surprising yeah. especially especially in the eu because i know that like you guys have way stringent criteria like especially with yeah. like ingredients like you know what i mean so it's that's interesting that's interesting there's nothing there's no regulations around that no but, it doesn't seem to be or, or if there are there's kind of people very cleverly circumventing that maybe um but yeah it always surprises me yeah you know I actually want to like you know I guess a follow-up question would be for me is like over the years like what have you seen as like I guess it's not trends but like just I guess the evolution of just you know really how brands approach redesigning themselves you know and reprogramming their whole aesthetic you know like is have you seen like a certain trend come up or like a certain I guess direction that people are now like you know entrepreneurs are like well I would like to go in this direction or is it like how does that work because I feel like there is this you know almost like subconscious movement all the time you know with like 
well, now we're moving into the more like, you know, futuristic style, you know, and every brand is going to start doing that now. So how does that, I mean, from your perspective, how has that looked over the years, you know? Yeah, I think one of the ways this is really interesting is with the indie beauty movement, I've noticed bigger brands um, kind of adopting some of the styles of indie beauty brands and was making some of their ranges look more approachable or a bit more indie somehow. I was thinking of, um, I was looking at the Clarins um, stand in one of our local stores and they've got a range for, I think it's for teens and it's much more fun feeling than the kind of more scientific feel that you associate with Clarins. It's got more colour, it's got more kind of the shapes of the bottles um, we've got more curved edges and things like that and I've noticed a few um, instances where the the bigger brands have felt like they're introducing all their they're kind of tying into um, how smaller brands feel because there's definitely an appeal about the smaller brands or the startup brands where you know you're discovering something new you can you can know a bit more about the story of the founder and what's behind that product. You can often get more personal attention or personal service from them. So those sort of advantages that you get from an indie brand, and because indie brands are getting bigger and more important in the market, I can yeah. see that aesthetically coming in more and more, which is interesting. Um, I'm interested to see how that develops. Um, um the other one I think about sorry go ahead no no go ahead go ahead I was just listening I was just gonna say the other one I think about a lot is the kind of really minimal black and white trend that I don't think is ever going to go away um you know like I think Herbert Four and um by Rado and those brands that were among the first to do the incredibly stripped back branding where they've just got a beautiful bottle with a black and white label and not much else on there there are so many brands that have emulated that and I think it's a really beautiful look but I also worry that there's not enough to distinguish them from one another and they need more elements to kind of just make sure they they look like themselves rather than all looking homogenous sort of thing yeah no that's it's definitely interesting you know the black and white thing I'm not gonna lie I think it's like the it's like the safety zone you know, like you can't go wrong mm. with packaging. I feel like right. um, it's chic. It's you know, it's sophisticated. It looks really nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I totally get that. And you know, one thing actually, there's a brand I really want you to see. Um, and I think I love it. Like I was so like I, you know, it's not very often that I'm like really like shocked by amazing packaging. You know what I mean? Because like I, I think one's just doing something that's very similar but this brand is called euphoria and it was founded by a, a young lady on tiktok like she's an influencer she went into the beauty space and her packaging is so cool and she actually was telling me when i was interviewing her she was like yeah you know it was actually inspired by a lot of the people that follow me so like there was this whole thing that she did where she like put out like a call to her followers and said hey send me ideas let's brainstorm and she came up with this cool idea where it's like a little platform like basically the brand is like there's like a little like you know I don't know if you guys had this but we had like poly pockets and like those little toys you know that we played with when we were kids 
And I swear this brand reminds me of that because it's like a little platform and it has it's magnetic and you can put the lip glosses and they magnetically attach to the platform. But each of the lip glosses, the tops of them also have the magnet so you can stack them up. So like, it's like a huge change. It's, it's just the coolest freaking concept. And I'm like, how the did she come up with that? Like, that's so unique. You know, like yeah. I didn't before. And she was like, no, I didn't have like a design or anything. I just, you know, I reached out to my you know, my followers. And so I guess, you know, I'm curious, like when you're doing your research, right. And you're doing your homework on, on what approach you want to take, how does that really fit in, in terms of like, um, you know, doing that homework of what people are attracted to in terms of what's, what's the latest thing that people are gravitating towards? Like, what does that analysis portion look like from your side of things? Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. I had seen Euphoria and I, it reminded me of Legos you know the little blocks and that I think one of the things that's really appealing about it is a lot of brands you know they subconsciously tap into that childhood selves that we have or where things are really simple and our toys were really simple and there is that crossover I think with beauty and playing and playfulness and things which I think works really well with that brand that you just mentioned um but yeah, to, so to answer your question, um, we we tend to kind of talk a lot with the client about who their customer is at the moment. So who who is buying from you at the moment? Or if you're a new brand, you know, who do you think would be your target market? But digging into that from quite a personal point of view, so rather than looking at kind of demographics, from a broad point of view more digging into like we create what we call a customer muse so almost inventing a person and going Mm. quite deep into that person and what motivates them or it might be two or three people and really um but they'll, they'll be based on existing customers or existing instagram followers um and what really motivates them and who they are and what they're like so that we're getting we almost feel like we've got a personal connection with that fictional customer if that makes sense yeah no it absolutely does like I think that's you know I mean that's very interesting because I think nowadays especially everyone you know has a social media account they have some sort of a following you know before you mm. come up and so I feel like yeah there's definitely um you know, a lot of feedback, I think that people are, or entrepreneurs are exposed to even before finding a brand. I mean, it's just interesting to me to to see that evolution, you know, of like, okay, you come from, you know what you want, but then especially with something like design and packaging and stuff, it's like, wow, it's like a community effort, you know, it takes a village kind of thing. So right. yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's really nice sometimes when we're looking at, you know two options on something occasionally clients have shared those two choices online and, and taken votes on you know which colors you prefer or, and it's really interesting to get that feedback sometimes it's not what you think it will be yeah yeah no I mean I it just it's just so fascinating to me I think it's just like a this area of I guess beauty and branding and everything it's just so I don't know. It's just very, very like, you know, you, there's endless possibities and there's just so mm-hmm. 
space for like refining what we're doing. You know, I was talking to, I mean, for everyone listening before the, you know, the recording started, Nancy and I were talking about just sustainability and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, you know, with this whole sustainability movement, you know, like there's so many other demands that are coming up, you know, out of the woodworks in terms of this packaging should fit this idea and this I- these ideals and these, you know, theories that we have. How can we really limit our, you know, just waste and all of those things, right? So it's like, I just find it so intriguing how that is so influenced by like, you know, professionals such as yourself, which are the artists, you know, because like we always look at that from a standpoint of like, where are the ecologists or where are the people who are like, you know, creating the carbon, you know, whatever it is like, you know, that they're using these days. But it's like, really, if you think about it, it's like really the the design is so integral to that movement, you know, to the, the sustainability movement, if you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a really interesting area as well, because we're seeing often in some areas of beauty that the design trend can be quite minimal like we were talking about but also quite earthy like the brown bottles I was talking about with the aromatherapy brand or there's a candle brand that I like which puts all the candles in glass and then they have a wood lid on and um it's almost as though they're going hand in hand so brands are thinking about well how can I make my packaging as recyclable as possible using as little plastic for example or as little you know non-recyclable materials as possible but that almost has the added benefit of the fact that it you know it feels really nice it feels lovely to have something in glass or wood or you know even the sugar cane something new that's innovative and sustainable um and aesthetically that fits in with this feeling that we want to to ground ourselves and you know not necessarily keep consuming product after product um you know maybe you might eventually offer refills for your products and if you've got glass or um things like that so i think it's interesting how that all evolves almost naturally um as these conversations happen more and more yeah yeah no i i think it's just really really interesting and i think there's a lot to be learned you know what i mean there's a lot to be learned from so many different angles you know not just for people who are focused on sustainability or focused on these movements but also from just consumers you know and our expectations because i feel like consumers have such high expectations and it's just sometimes like we need to understand like so much goes into the branding of something you know and from a design standpoint there's a lot that goes in and then you have to add in the you know all the frills and you know all the things that we care about you know like sustainability uh you know biodegradability all that kind of stuff so i just find it to be very very intriguing you know overall definitely yeah and this like you say there's so much to learn and i'm sure you know all the time people are coming up with new materials and new ways of doing things that that make products more and more um you know kind on the earth and i think that's great right right absolutely um you know and i want to actually as a round out question ask you for some actual like insight and words of wisdom i guess you could say nancy for all the young professionals listening in that are you know they're into design and they want to maybe go into this field like anything that you can offer for just you know 
some clarity or some guidance? Sure, for, for you, designers themselves, yeah. I mean, I think that design is like a passion career, isn't it? I mean, a lot of careers are probably formulating skincare is another passion career. And I think if you feel really drawn to doing it, like find a way and go for it because for me, doing something I, you know, getting up every day to do something I really love and get excited about is just the best thing. Um, and I think, yeah, there are ways to get into design that aren't necessary. You don't, like you say, we talked about earlier, we don't have to have done our master's degree in, in graphic design. Um, obviously, you need to learn how to do it. You need to learn the rules in order to break them and so on. Um, but there are lots of ways into the industry now. And I also think, you know, when, when I'm looking at um, hiring people for certain jobs or hiring creatives to help out on projects, I'm not necessarily looking at their experience first. I'm looking at their work and what, what stands out to me about what they've produced, what inspiration has gone into it and the quality of their work, not just what their background is or where they've worked. So I think it's quite good now that, you know, there's lots of online um, forums and places where you can post your work. There's a, I don't know if it's in the US, but there's one over here called The Dots, which is a really nice platform where you can post your work. Things like Behance and Dribble and Pinterest. And you never know who will see it and who will resonate with your work. Um, I do think that it's a lot of it is about style and finding the right match in terms of clients and employers that you're creative style um fits with they're not trying to fit your style into what somebody else um you know thinks is right because I think with creative work I would always rather somebody have the freedom to explore what they want to do creatively and how they want it to look and feel rather than feel boxed in you know because that's where that inspiration comes from um, yeah. I love that I really love that I think that's that's definitely like you know truly truly like solid advice and I think you know it's it as an artist I can imagine just getting swept away with your own vision but yeah you're right like you have to really focus and you know I just have so much appreciation for all of you designers out there like humans you know it's just so much beauty and just you know value in what you create and just you know I appreciate it so much so um thank you (laughs) Well, I want to uh, just give a shout out to everyone listening in. I hope you enjoyed um, this intro to packaging design with Nancy. I really, really enjoyed, um, you know, just bringing this to you guys. And I really encourage you guys to go check out some of the work um, that Nancy's uh, company is doing, you know, and, and really kind of get a feel of what really goes on behind the scenes. You know, that's always my goal with this podcast is like really push people, like go check out the people who are making these things happen. So again, the the company's name is Aligned Design uh, CO, and I'm going to link everything in the concept art for this episode. I really, really would love if you guys uh, leave your feedback, leave your comments. If you have any questions for Nancy or her team, definitely leave them in the comment section and we'll pass them along. But thank you so much, Nancy. This has been so lovely. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you. Likewise.